All right, everybody. It's time to get active here in Los Angeles County. The mandates start on November 8th that the city council has put on for vaccine passports. So we're going to be looking for people to help us gather signatures and also for people to sign, of course. So please go to medicalfreedomla.com and find out how you can get active. You don't have to be a libertarian. We want to work with anybody who realizes that medical freedom is freedom. So please go to medicalfreedomla.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Libertarian Los Angeles. I'm Sean Osborne, and I'm joined again today by Vita Gashke from First Blocks of Whittier Boulevard. How's it going, Vita? It's good. Thank you, Sean, for giving us an opportunity to express what we got going on over here. Yeah, you guys are doing some good work out there, so I want to, I wanna, uh, you know, let people know about it. And, uh, you know, we got, as Libertarians, one of the things we like to, to work on is, you know, if we... Uh, you know, because uh, we've talked about it on the previous podcast that, you know, you're not a libertarian. You're someplace, uh, uh, you're in that uh, independent realm, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm, it's, I really, I'm not sure where I stand. I'm more of a, like a revolutionary, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be on a suicide mission. I don't want to <laughs> overestimate the enemy, but sometimes it's like it's too big but then at the yeah, same time yeah. too i appreciate the country and i love a lot of the opportunities and the benefits we have and it, it has helped me quite a bit it's um it's hard to reckon with when you understand all the things that we've done around the world yeah it really, it really is so for people who didn't hear the first episode uh vita runs uh would you say you run it you organize it uh, a, a group that does uh, local cleanups in the northeast la boyle heights area right yeah well we're east la um east la yeah um we're east of downtown so we're actually first of east you know right before east la but then there is a jurisdiction called east la which is in the county side but yeah we actually um started these cleanups in protest um we didn't want to do these cleanups and we saw how the powers that be were kind of doing cleanups and they were kind of like more for publicity and um, it was like a fake band-aid to the real issue of the just the total uh, degradation of this community. It's an old community. It's probably it is the first suburb of uh, downtown. And so, you know, my house was built in 1905, and that was before there were even cars. Yeah, so, mine, mine was too. Mine was, I think, 1909. You know, my street's very narrow. I always. I always tell my drivers that bring me up here, you know, when they, because uh, it's so narrow up here, I say, you know, they, they built this area when everybody rode horses. They weren't expecting these big ass fans and shit to come up and down the street. It, very true. And my property doesn't, it's a triplex. So there's three units and there's no parking for any of us. You know, all of us have to park on the street. So, um, and there's 13 properties just on my block alone that also have the same, um, you know, thing. And that's just the first block of Whittier Boulevard. So I think that's probably the reason why we don't have street sweeping. Uh, we do not have regular street sweeping. And it took me quite a while before I realized that was part of the problem that we have, why things were so disastrous on our streets. 
our major streets. And when it, we saw her was our representative, I called his office and they said, yeah, none of, our, none of the major streets get street sweeping. And I was like, I was very puzzled. Um, then it, it started to dawn on me really what that meant. And I was really just trying to go after other property owners that were completely negligent. And I'm talking about, um, you know, I would take my trash can and I would make my way down the block sweeping and, and maintaining the whole, the whole block actually. And I've done that for years. And, um, you know, but I also have reached out to all my neighbors and talked about how, you know, we should do it ourselves and, you know, try to make it look good for the community. You know, everybody here pretty much is a renter, um, but there are some property owners on this block. But you have property owners that don't live here. They don't live in the neighborhood and they're not um, maintaining their properties right. They have managers that are not maintaining their properties. And then the city doesn't go after anybody. They just let, you know, things look trashy and crappy. So um, that's one of the many branches of problems we have with, you know, out basic city services. So like right, right now I've mentioned uh, two things. One, that the city doesn't go after negligent property owners. And I'm not talking about people who just have like one or two, you know, wrappers of trash in front of their property. No, no, it's nothing like that. It's, it's trash that's just been accumulating for weeks or months. And it's just, you know, horrific because again, we have to park anywhere we can and we're, you know, walking by these conditions all the time. Um, and then we, it's compounded that it's a major street. It's a, um, you know, it's a major uh, corridor that leads into downtown and people rush into it and leave, you know, constantly. Plus we're highly densely populated neighborhood. Um, so imagine the, the major streets don't get street sweeping. So we're not asking for the street super truck because Lord knows we can't pay more parking tickets. That's another issue. That's like the third issue we got going on. That's really bad. Um, but we would like, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought right there. Um, oh my gosh, what was I saying? That the property of the property parking. Well, to give you yeah. a little chance, you know, one of the things I noticed that over here in Lincoln Heights that there was a problem with developers, they're buying up old houses and then just yeah. letting them sit there and dilapidate so that they can then tear them down easier mm -hmm. you know, with the things so that they can build apartment buildings and fuck up parking even more. So yeah, there's a yeah. lot of issues with things going on right yes. here. The crony, the cronyism. Yeah. Uh, some people would call it capitalism. I say it's not capitalism when the when uh, the government's in bed with uh, with uh, industry. That's fascist. Uh, okay. You know they get they get in bed with these uh, developers and they don't have a, a vested interest in uh, helping out the people. You know they're they're right. going to help out these developers because that's where the money is for the for the yes. government. And that's one of the things too, we found uh, going to the, our representative's office in a, in a genuine humble- Who's a representative for your area? De Leon? Um, we have Kevin DeLeon, but before DeLeon, it was Jose Wizar, which oh. you know, he's currently under investigation by the FBI for racketeering and leading a criminal enterprise. And, you know, he was taking bribes and um, he was having a lot of trips like um, his, his like partner in crime, which was one of his interns that was running one of, I don't know, one of the, the offices under his realm, they have four, CD14 has four offices, one's in Eagle Rock, one's in downtown at City Hall, one's in El Sereno, 
which is Northeast LA and one's here in Boyle Heights. And I'm not sure his, um, you know, one of his bar buddies, but he would take him with them to Vegas. And in the indictment, the FBI has like, they basically totaled it up to about a million dollars of trips, maybe 20 different trips that these Chinese developers were taking him and his uh, party buddy um, on, you know, tech, taxpayer time and, and um, but it was on the developer's dime who wanted to build the largest um, skyscraper west of the Mississippi here in downtown. He was a billionaire Chinese developer and he was working with another guy um, in within the department of, you know, one of the departments, he was also a, Ch a Chinese um, gentleman, but he was working with the Chinese developer and we saw his partner, his name was Jorge, George, um, I can't think of his last name, but that guy already confessed to everything um, against Wissar. Like he's already played guilty. And so that's how they know about like all the, you know, the the chips they got to Vegas. Like they they would give him poker chips. Like Wissar would yeah, get 10,000. The other guy would get two. The spa treatments, the jets, the luxury dining, everything, you know? So, and then, you know, he had interns, female interns that, uh, like three of them that charged him with sexual harassment and retaliation, and the Chinese developer gave him six hundred thousand for um, to to fight his case against uh -huh. one. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah, for sure, for one of yeah, probably for all the charges that were against him. And his wife was planning on running for CD14, and that was another thing. Salesian High School, which is a famous um, high school that recruits uh, football players from all over the area. I mean, kids from South Central come over here and it's right down the street from my house. They gave like 150,000 to her campaign, Salesian High School. Uh, she was running for about 69 days before um, they got raided. The FBI raided all his uh, properties and stuff. So then she reneged her campaign uh, for CD14. And then we ended up with Kevin DeLeon, who, again, I was open-minded to, you know, who about him. Um, I knew he was already in the state level. So I was kind of concerned that he was, you know, already in the maybe entrenched possibly within the democratic machine and, you know, the powers that be. So I was, you know, I didn't have a, but I, I liked his policies. I mean, overall, I think he supports my our community here. So, but I was concerned about him. Um, but I was open-minded and I met with Cindy Otison. She was from Eagle, Eagle Rock. She was an activist. She's, she started, a, she worked for corporate America, but she also started a nonprofit for refugees. Um, and she fought the city for different things, trying to get things fixed in Eagle Rock. And then there was Raquel Zamora, who's from here in Boyle Heights. Her family's started a restaurant that's been here 50 years. And she was a teacher and a counselor. She was working in South Central at the time. And then I met with Monica Garcia, who was uh, one of the school board reps from, from um, LAUSD. And I talked to everybody and um, except for Kevin, you know, I wasn't able to get a, a, a meeting with him. And three days before the election, he called me and he was like, oh, Vita, so can I get, you know, Vita Gashka is Kevin DeLeon. And we all had just gotten into my car. My my partner, who's the main 
drive of a lot of the activism that we're doing right now. Um, sometimes I get tired and he's just like pushing away. He loves this work. So he grew up in this neighborhood and he knows the conditions. Like he grew up in a, you know, the alley, you know, the alley behind his apartment complex was always full of, you know, um, discarded items. And that was like his playground. And um, he knows these conditions and he, he knows um, that we're, you know, committed to this issue. So anyways, uh, my partner um, reached out. Uh, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought again. I'm not doing good right now. <laughs> we just, we've, it's been a lot. Like uh, we've, we just found out like, um, oh, Kevin DeLeon called. That's what we're talking about. He had called. Um, we all had just gotten in my car. My oldest son too, who's 21, my partner and my, my seven-year-old son. And I was trying to rattle off all the problems, all the things we got going on, no street sweeping. Our trash cans are constantly overflowing. We have trash flowing out, trash blowing down the street. It's just trashy, miserable, degrading conditions that are third world you know, conditions. And actually um, even you know, some third world countries are not even as bad as what we got going on here in Boyle Heights. It's that bad. We're, we're victims of constant illegal dumping. There's daily illegal dumping in the same spots every day. If they, and they expect us to call each one of those in, which is freaking ridiculous. That's, you know, we're fighting to get like, can't we just have roaming trucks that pick this stuff up and there's known illegal dumping spots? Why do I, we have to call in? And if we don't call in, it just sits there for days and weeks and months on end. So it's like, and there's no enforcement. LAPD is not trying to cite them or catch them. There's two other departments that have the ability to do this. And I know all the jurisdictions. I figured it all out. I've been working at this thing. Um, I mean, I started a PowerPoint about it in 2013, um, but I didn't really get 100% like, I'm going to like not give up. I'm going to write down confirmation numbers. I'm going to email uh heads i'm going to figure out who the heads are i'm going to email their bosses i'm going to start from the bottom and make my way to the top and that's what i've done and i know you know code enforcement is when property owners have a disaster inside the property i've always been concerned like what's how the front of the property is looking like when we're walking by the parkway and the gutters if it's all full of trash um i found out that that's actually street services street services has an enforcement and investigation team and these guys are police officers you they have a, a reserve position that I actually applied, almost applied for. I, I didn't submit the application, but it was basically an application to be a police officer. And it was for a 16-hour volunteer position a month. And it would have given me the ability to write up tickets. I wanted to cite these negligent property. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to do this. Like, but it's like, I didn't do it because yeah you're basically becoming a cop and it's like i'm not trying to become a cop you yeah. know why was not, not just that but it's like and that's another thing that's another problem why would you know to get property enforcement at the level of parking enforcement why can't we have that you know our streets would be so much cleaner if you know it's, it's the fault of the city because some of these property owners have done the right thing they've hired property management companies and that's their responsibility to maintain the property, collect the rents, et cetera. So, you know, a property owner, that's why they get a property management company. So they don't got to worry about it. They could be living in Hawaii or wherever the hell they want to live. And this property management company is supposed to be maintaining their property. Now, 
they're assuming everything's fine. And if they're not getting any tickets or they're not getting any notices that their property is looking messed up and it's a, you know, detriment to the community, you know, the, the mental health of the community, the children's well-being, everybody's well-being. Yeah, property know, value it drives down everything. When the neighborhood looks like hell, the property values all go to hell. Everything goes to hell. Well, um, I wish I, I, no, I don't wish that because I'm a property owner. But you know, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm getting notices in the mail that a property like my property seven bedrooms, four bathrooms, uh-huh. and a property that's four bedrooms, one bathroom is going for eight hundred and twenty thousand down the street from my house. Eight hundred and twenty thousand. The yeah. property values just keep going up and up and up right here because the bridge possibly there's like on the other side of the bridge, it's turned into like a mini Beverly Hills and a mini um, Hollywood. Like it's yeah. movie studios here. There's just like, this has become the new little, like right over the bridge from my house. Like I'm, I'm an, You're talking about the sixth street bridge, right? The sixth street bridge. Yeah. So Whittier Boulevard starts on the other side of the sixth street bridge in Boyle Heights. So, I actually live on the very first block after the bridge. So, and then after the bridge too, five blocks down is Skid Row. We line up 6th Street, we line up with Skid Row. So in between Skid Row and my house is like this little like yuppie, like super rich, extravagant, you know, things that are going on in the arts district that they've fixed up. And then you come over the bridge and it's like the disaster of Boyle Heights, which again, like you were saying, um, there's like, uh, even though the property values still go up, there is a, um, what we feel is an attack. The city is allowing this area to totally be uh, just run down and debilitated where people are just frustrated to move out. They want people to move out because yeah. they want these area. they want this area. And, you know, it, this, I do understand like this area, the, the, there's a lot of beautiful, um, there's a lot of beautiful homes. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the major streets actually were haphazardly put together, like my block. Like I'm right next to a machine shop. They work on uh, engines. Like they had a 64 Impala engine hanging from the thing. You know, we're, it's a mix between businesses and, and homes. And, and some of these properties, again, they don't have driveways. They have um, they were, you know, pretty cool because like some of them have businesses on the bottom and then they have apartments on top. But again, there's no parking. It's, you know, it's kind of like a mess. Like I know that they kind of want to just like, let's just knock all this shit down and rebuild it in a good way where, you know, it's high rises possibly that way that it could, we could pack more people in. Um, that's what they want to do, you know, because I, I mean, I think, I think like I've heard Korea and Japan, there's, you know, the they build up because they're small, small areas of land, you know, and when yeah. this country or this, you know, after the conquest of the native people here, which I would like to acknowledge are the Tonga Shoshone people, the original people of this land who were pushed out and their land was taken. They were hunted down and killed. Um, there were bounties for their heads, you know, in California. It was horrific what would happen here. Um, the Chuma, too. Yeah, the Shumash are up in Santa Barbara area, but right here is Tongva. Oh, it's actually It's Tongva right here, and uh, there were villages in La- Cal State Long Beach was a village site. It's actually called Pavangna, and right here by the LA River was Yangna, which is uh, the state historic park, which is close yeah, to yeah. Uh, where Homeboy Industries and Chinatown are. So um, we got the flat. 
be here too. Yeah, so the, I'm sorry, what? We got the battle for the to try to preserve the flat top over here because it was Tonga land too. Uh huh. And it's uh, called you, a flat top. Yeah, it's right over here in Lincoln Heights. Uh, and oh, I've it's never a, heard of it. Yeah, it's it's where the radio tower is. If you see that radio tower. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, develop the old city neighborhood council went against the policy that they weren't supposed to let people develop on the land and then they did. So there's still, there's a fight going on there about preserving yeah. that land. You know, when, when we bring up the native people, it just really reminds me of how anything we do, I mean, this whole country was created in such a bad way. You know, it's like, I don't think it could ever be right. It's like when it, when it starts with a bad foundation, how could it ever be okay? You know, but I know there's, like you were saying, you know, there's been conquest. It's just human nature. It happens over and over, but it's just what's going on. I just, I don't know if it's, you know, I was listening to Malcolm X the other day and you know, he's like, you know, we just have to completely destroy everything, completely start from scratch, you know? So sometimes I feel like that. And I feel like the native people should be the ones in charge, you know, like let them, let them decide how we move forward. You know, it's their land there, you know, but then at the same time too, it's like, we've all been here. It's just a quagmire of like everything. Like what, how are we going to go forward? But um, it's hard to, to get that cosmic justice thing. One of the libertarian ideas is to, to return all the national parks and state parks to the native Americans, uh, you know, let them uh, run the stuff. And also I, I personally, you know, like they have their land. I don't think they should have to ask for permission to have a casino or whatever business they want to run on it. You know, that would right. be, that would be a great step in that direction towards helping out native people yeah i mean you it's know, been that, a blessing they've they, been able to do the government for help you know the government sorry, what? the government's the last people native americans should trust for to ask yeah. for help <laughs> right but it, you know like your libertarian point of view you know it's pick yourself up by the bootstraps don't depend on government be independent and you know the native people were independent and they were purposefully pushed onto reservations to be dependents that, and, that to, was you know, and you have so many you know the alcoholism rate the suicide rate and you know the depression you know being a defeated feeling defeated feeling like you know we lost our land uh we're like we got punked out of it and um we're getting this checks now and let's just sit around and drink you know like that has been part of the problem in the in native communities but you know there's always been a resistance there's been a, a strong resistance and it, it's emerged and it's here I mean we finally got the Columbus statue down in uh, downtown LA that was a battle for like almost 25 years um you know that was that got toppled down which is great you know and we got indigenous day you know renamed for Columbus day and then you know the city council is pretty much made up of people from that you know have native blood and they understand and they're giving the native people of, of this area you know they're getting uh, their recognition they're getting monies they're getting funding you know so there's a cooperation and a collaboration with the current government you know and, and I think that's good I like that you know and that's why it's hard for me sometimes to be going against Kevin De Leon who other and otherwise seems to support my community but he hasn't he hasn't met with us and he pretty much made a signal to the powers that be because we were watching him on the budget hearings which we were trying to get the meeting before the budget hearing so he could properly budget funding or properly fund sanitation correctly because you know i've lived in other cities around southern california i've grown up i mean local southern california like i'm talking about 
I was born in LA County. I grew up in Southeast Los Angeles. And then I moved to, uh, you know, Orange County. And I just, I lived in La Harbor, which, and Brea, which Whittier Boulevard, the street I live at the beginning of ends over there. So I've been on both ends of Whittier Boulevard and I've been in between it. We used to go cruising with my homegirls back in the day. We'd go cruising Whittier Boulevard. That's how we ended our Sunday afternoon. So um, I'm very connected to the street. When I found out I, was, I even had a house on Whittier Boulevard, it was amazing. And when I found out it was the first block of Whittier, I was really excited. And that's where the name comes from first blocks of Whittier Boulevard because we're trying to build power because we have found by doing everything that our representatives and their staffs are not interested in making any kind of change. Um, we've learned this from experience. You know, I, I, I love when people come up to me and say, have you ever called 311? It's like, get out of my face. I have books of 311 calls. <laughs> I, have, I have emails that I've done over, you know, between me and one other um, neighbor, we did 600. That's just between me and her. And I know there's tons of other neighbors. Like we, we make contact. We have a list of 500 people. Like we're trying to build a movement of neighbors. And I'm gonna tell you, the neighbors are like, when I bring this up, people are like, thank you. Thank you that somebody's doing something about this. Like people are so ready for like, yes, this is the issue we need to do something about. What is this bullshit, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, so we've, again, I've found all these discrepancies within the Department of Street Services, the ones that are supposed to give the tickets to negligent property owners. I had the investigator come out. I had him say it wasn't even his department when it was. He said he was gonna do me a favor and he wrote up a couple of the properties, which is a, it's just a warning, like a little write-up. Then he tells me, well, guess what? I gave you one too, because actually we're gonna give one to everybody on your block because we don't want them to come after you. We wanna make it equal so they don't know who, yeah. who brought us out. And, and I'm like, are you sure that's your policy to do that? Do you have that written somewhere to give everybody on a block? Especially when you were just spending 30 minutes of your time because we met together on the street explaining how you guys were severely understaffed and yet you have the time to type up my name my address and say that not that it, it wasn't a general letter saying like okay this is your your um, responsibilities as a property owner and this is what will happen if you continue to allow your property to be neg neglect ne negligent um no it said that conditions were observed on my property i'm the one that got them to come out i clean the whole block my property is clean in front of it. I was like, do you have, first of all, I was like, I kind of was like letting him, like he was trying to, you know, lie to me, obviously telling me that, you know, it was just something that they gave to everybody on the block. I'm like, well, did you get one of my neighbor across the street who was like really negligent too? And he's like, oh, just on your side of the block. Then it was, yeah, then, um, you know, I'm all like, well, why would you, why would it say that conditions were observed and if they, they cited the, the um, law, which it took me a while to find out because when I went to Wissar's office, I asked his staff, what is the law? Do you guys know what the law is? Um, if I would have just left what, based on what his staff member told me at the time, her name was Miriam Rodriguez. She basically said, there's no law like that. You can't hold property owners accountable for other people littering in front of their property. That's what she told me. Um, <laughs> you know then I found out that it, you know of course there's a law like any city nobody's gonna let you get away with what is allowed to go on in the city of LA 
why does the city of LA allow this to happen? And they, you know, well, there's no money. You know, they want to say there's no money, there's no funding, there's this <laughs> and that. LA is very big. They can't make too much spending your tax money on other things. Yeah, they, you know, and I've heard every freaking excuse known to man, the same lame excuses over and over. They, they literally have the same excuses, and um, it's just not acceptable. And I'm not going to accept it. We should not buy that. Like, we're I, I again, confirm, I can confirm what you're saying to people dump all over here in the same places all the damn time. And they just let it sit there. I got people who live across the street from me that throw shit out regularly in front of their own, you know, they own the place and they throw it out there and they never call 311. We always got to call it because they just, they're too lazy to dial 311 and have their own ship cleaned up. And it's, and, it's really, it is really frustrating. Yeah. Like, and, why, uh, and they could be making money. So that could be more, that could be another income source for the city. It could go back into like education and awareness campaigns like don't throw trash take care of your neighborhood you know storm drain uh ocean connection 311 um i'm gonna tell you i'm we're out there we're talking to people we go door to door we're in the streets 80 percent of the people you know don't know what 311 is like i'm right there giving a little 311 class on the spot so it's like, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? This is some bullshit. And you know, our representatives don't want to recognize what we've done. And we've done 31 cleanups. This is going to be our 31st cleanup. We've picked up over 260,000 pounds of trash. How do we know? Because after a while I started realizing, uh, hey, um, how much does this truck hold? And at first they were sending us trucks that only hold uh, four tons. And then we were filling those up and they would have to dump and come back. We would be begging them, please dump it and come back. They would be like, we can't fill it up anymore. It's already full. Please, can you dump it? Like we would be begging for them to dump it and come back. So then they started sending us their eight ton truck, which is, you know, in a ton, I don't know. I just, you know, was re-reminded that it's a two, it's 2000 pounds. So eight tons is 16,000 pounds. So we were doing like 16,000 pound. I mean, we were filling up 16,000 pound trucks and we had 16, you know, we've had our volunteer um, ranges from like 20 people to 60 people. Um, so, I mean, we were getting a lot of stuff and it, it, and it goes, it just goes right back because again, there's no enforcement. Why, why is there no enforcement? Oh, well, we don't have, well, you guys wanted to defund the police. So uh, that's what you're getting now. That's that's what they say. They'll say that now. You know, like everybody <laughs> has a fucking excuse. Like uh, the city of, um, excuse me for saying the bad word. Um, I cuss all the damn time. Okay, Just- good. I'm really bad. Like, oh my God, I have anger issues. That's what, actually why I do this work. It's it's my way of trying to like use my anger in a good way. Like trying to make things right, you know? So um yeah, as fuel to do something good, that's great. You know, I want to go back like a few minutes ago, you said something about like uh, libertarianism, about like uh, pulling yourself up by the brute straps. That's not exactly true. I mean, you, you, you do, we do encourage people to be responsible for themselves. Well, of course. I mean, I think all people, all cultures do do that. Yeah, but one know? of the things, well, socialists, they, 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 they depend on the government, if you ask me. They, they lean on the government. But uh, we really are about decentralizing and getting active in a community with, mm-hmm. uh, with mutual benefits. And that's, okay. one, that's the reason I have you on here is because yeah. you are doing something that I feel 
uh, is totally in line with libertarian values. You know, you, despite the fact you'd, you'd rather not be doing it, you know, uh, you're, you're actually stepping up, you're gathering people uh, to work on making your community a better place. And right. to me, that's the most libertarian thing I could think of because you're, you're doing it despite government, you know? Right. Uh, and and to sh- as you, I think you mentioned in a previous conversation with me, to shame them into the fact that they should be doing that. And they're taking right. your money, spending it, you know, on the other side of the bridge, <laughs> right? Right. You know, yeah, my property taxes are close to 8,000 a year and I don't have street sweeping in front of my house. So that's why we've created a petition. We have a change.org petition. I have a thousand signatures by hand. Actually, it's probably more now. Um, but we've got, we're close to 2,000 on the change.org. So, you know, I'm, I've been saying we got about 3,000 signatures, probably over 3,000. Um, you know, it's just a way to engage the community. Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this. There's a fight. Let's not throw trash. Let's take care of our neighborhood. It's not okay. It looks like this. And I haven't even mentioned the broken sidewalks. Like there's literally a teeter-totter in front of an elementary school right here on Soto, Soto, Soto Street. It's called Soto Street Elementary. And as a matter of fact, Salesian, who was going to give the 150000 to Wissar's wife for her campaign, they're all full of broken sidewalks in front of Salesian High School too, which is an all-boys school that, again, pumps out football players that go into NFL, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's one of those schools where you got um, recruiters coming to look at these kids and the sidewalks are all broken up right in front of it and the church that's next to it. So these three school, these three things, like it's St. Isabel Church, Salesian High School, Soto Street Elementary School, they're all right next to each other. And there's between those three areas, there's like 15 broken sidewalks that are not just, I'm not talking like a little thing. I mean, they're, it's horrific. It's oh, yeah. like up to three or four feet high. And it's a teeter-totter. Like if you step on it, it's going to go all the way up. It's teeter-tottering on the, the trees, which again was the, a city's mistake. The city planted the wrong species of trees. They were trying to do a tree uh, cover to mitigate all the freeways that were put through Boyle Heights. Right. Boyle Heights has one of the largest freeway interchange systems in North America running through it. I think it's the largest. You know what? I've heard different things. I don't want to make that claim, but I, I did. There was a movie that said that it's the largest. Yeah, that it's the largest in North America. Maybe even one of the, you know, in the world. So I just say, you know, it's one of the largest. It's still, yeah. it's still dramatic, you know, yeah, either you, way. And I can also, but, as, but, as a blind person, I can back up how bad the sidewalks are here. You know, as a blind yeah. person, you can imagine being in a wheelchair. It's even worse. You can't get around it. No. Or, dumping I, you know it, I, one time I was going to work up in Hollywood oh and uh, somebody had thrown a mattress and it went right across the sidewalk and my cane missed it oh and, no. I, and I landed on this you know fucking nasty Hollywood mattress that was laid out there I was, I was mad that I fell I was even more mad that I didn't hit the concrete because I would have rather I know I'm gonna bring you know I, I you know, I've called lawyers. I want us to the city, but you know how it works. It's like, you know, you don't have a case unless you have a fall, but it's like, how could this not be negligence? I mean, we need lawyers. That's what we need to do because they're, I mean, honestly, let, let, let's take you over here, man. Let's, let, I'm going to take you for a walk right here in front of Soto Street Elementary School. I want you to fall a little bit and we're going to sue the motherfuckers. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, I feel like doing it, dude. Like, why am I not just like falling on this motherfucker? Because yeah. we have a picture of my son. So I took a picture of my son on that teeter-totter. Uh, and it's 
it's very dramatic. And we've made um, uh, posters, which are just the size of an eight by 10 regular piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. And we've been putting them all around the neighborhood and it's, it's got three pictures on it. One of them is that picture of my, my son uh, on that teeter-totter sidewalk. And he's holding his iPad because he, and he literally was, he was looking, you know, there's, he's walking with the iPad um, and his shoe was untied even. I didn't even, it wasn't even set up to be that way. But like when I, I snapped the picture, I'm gonna get up there and take a, let me take a picture of you right here. So I go to take the picture and, you know, he, he started looking down at his, um, his iPad. So it, it really looks like the disaster it could be, you know, like, you know, yeah. here's a kid with their fucking head in their, their screen and their shoes untied. I mean, you know, it's a total accident waiting to happen. I just don't know how it hasn't any anyway. But um, so we have that pictures on there. We have a picture of us cleaning a storm drain, pull, pulling out all this trash. So you see all the trash that's come out of the storm drain and um, all these um, volunteers in that picture. And then the other picture is a, a 15 year illegal dumping hotspot that I've seen daily you know it'll get cleaned up and it'll get trashed again and it's my son's walk home from school from Puente Learning Center here on Boyle so that's the walk to and from school we would go through these you know all this trashy you know yeah. illegal dumped crap and it's like no 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 because I grew up in Downey and Bell Gardens and uh, Downey was uh it was a predominantly a white neighborhood my grand my parents were um they, you know, they're white, they're Sicilian. My grandma was Sicilian. My grandpa was a Irish Welsh stock. He served in World War II. And unlike the African-Americans and Native Americans who were able to um, benefit from the, um, the GI Bill, or maybe they were able to benefit from the GI Bill, but maybe, you know, but I, there were red, but really there, were, there were still, I'm sorry, what did you say? I know a lot of African-Americans got screwed out of the GI Bill. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought happened. Yeah, they didn't get the GI Bill. And then there was, um, you know, in the deeds, it was like, you can't live in these neighborhoods. So Boyle Heights was a neighborhood that all people could live in. Now, Downey, where my grandparents moved to, they, they actually, my grandma was born here in LA, and then they moved to Southgate, and then they made their way east um, to Downey. So that neighborhood, it was illegal to sell to African-Americans. It was in the deeds that they couldn't sell to Mexicans or African-Americans or Native Americans. So it was like a white neighborhood. So I grew up in a white um, neighborhood, um, but we lived in a, in a mixed uh, multicultural neighborhood in Bell Gardens. My mom had, and I had an apartment. My mom was a single mom and I, my neighbors were Na Native American. I had Peruvian, Mexican, uh, white, black, I, it was it was beautiful. I, we had everybody in Bell Gardens and the apartment complex I lived in. It was about 40 units. And my our apartment complex was also clean. Um, the managers lived for free. Their job was to collect the rent and maintain the property. And it was clean and it was nice. And then in the neighborhood my grandparents lived in, they were old, but mainly um, elders. Um, it was kind of boring for me as a child because there was no kids to play with but the streets were immaculate. Like you could eat off the streets in Downey, you know, like it's just the curbs, the gutters were clean. And uh, it was just a normal thing. It, and I walked to school, I walked back. It was, and then when we moved to um, La Habra, you know, and all the cities in between Downey and La Habra, clean, clean. You, you go down the major streets, they're clean. Everywhere is clean, except the city of LA. 
And, you know, of course, South Central, Boyle Heights, it's even worse. You know, Hollywood, of course, I've always been so, so trashy and, you know, degrading. But again, we're the California's economy. You know, I looked it up just the other day. It's, uh, you know, three trillion something like three point six trillion dollar economy. If it was to be um, ranked as, a you know, in the world's GDP, it's fifth in the world. So the United States is number one in the world economy. Below the United States is China, below China is Japan, below Japan is Germany, and then the fifth is California. <laughs> and then below California is England or the UK. So, yeah. you know, we're, our economy, just our state is that, you know, greater than the United Kingdom. And actually, I remember back when I was a college student, I looked that up before too, and Anaheim, Orange County, Orange County is 30, uh, 33rd in the world. That was about 20 years ago. I don't know how much has changed, if it's gotten better or worse, but I'm pretty sure it's probably, you know? So like there's only 195 countries in the world. So, you know, here we are with all this money. And then right now there's a budget surplus. You know, the, the state has a surplus, they, like a $40 billion surplus. And um, yeah, like they were, there's a grant, the city, California just put out a grant. It's called a Clean California Grant. So the powers that be have recognized that Caltrans during the COVID, everybody was like, oh, we can't touch the trash and oh, it's a hazard. And, you know, so all the workers were using um, COVID as an excuse to, you know, even more neglect the neighborhood. As a matter of fact, um, you know, Hollenbeck Park too was, is, you know, because there's a stretch of um, the freeway wall um, underneath it is um, the state jurisdiction. And there's an encampment in Hollenbeck Park where right here by my house and the unhoused, you know, they don't have trash service. I mean, I know they should, it's like, well, they're homeless. Like they, well, what else do we need to give them? But um, you know, what they're doing is they're just throwing trash. They're just throwing their trash, throwing their trash and they're just throwing it into the park. So I don't even know how people run Hollenbeck Park or they go there to, to unwind and relax or, you know, but there's people that do, you know, they get in their zone, they're running, but it's piles and piles of trash and it's terrific and it's, it's heartbreaking. And I'm a conscious person. Like I follow, um, I was introduced to um, native culture, um, and actually it was Marvin Gaye who sang Mercy, Mercy Me that kind of made me aware of the environment. And then I read um, Chief Seattle's response to the president, how can we buy or sell the land? The idea sounds strange to us. And it's very poetic about how the rivers are our sisters and the deer are our brothers. And how can you buy or sell the, the earth? You know, this is our mother. And like, you know, it was really, you know, beautiful. And then I, I had an opportunity to join an Aztec dance group which I was a part of for many, many years, and also um, trying to help um, teach people, you know, of Mexican descent or, you know, that they are native people. And, you know, these are the true values, which is seeing the earth as a spiritual entity that, you know, even before they would harvest, they would say sorry and pray to Mother Earth before they even broke ground. Those are the, you know, Mayan traditions. These are the, the sacred traditions of native people. See, you know, that they're from the corn, you know, it's just very beautiful. And I find that to be like the utmost, um, the utmost spiritual practice, you know, that you could be, you know, like, it's just very beautiful. Like, and, you know, so I'm this very conscious person and I've been an Aztec dancer I've, and I've been an activist for a long time. And 
because I'm conscious, you know, it's very hard for me to see the trash. Like, it's like, we shouldn't have it trashy. And I'm, and I'm not used to these conditions. A lot of people who grew up here in Boyle Heights, they're already numb to it. Like it's the norm condition. And some people have never moved, lived anywhere else. And they, this, they're just fine with it or content with it. Then you have people who are immigrants from other countries that have these trashy conditions too. Um, and they, maybe they just think it's normal. But then there's others, of course, that, you know, do come from clean neighborhoods and, and, you know, they do. And there's a lot of neighbors that are out there. They're sweeping, they're maintaining. There's like these elders on Soto Street that are always sweeping. Actually, we have a brochure and we have an elder that always was sweeping in front of her property. Actually, I went there on Friday and I swept in front of their property because she's, it's two 90-year-old elders. She's actually 95. Her brother is 90, I don't know what. And the brother was married, is married to a 70-year-old. So, and their daughter um, is in her forties and she um, doesn't live there with them. She's a teacher, but um, the 90 year old woman, she would always be out there sweeping and they have a huge broken up sidewalk in front of their property too. Uh -huh. And then, and the 70 year old woman, her name's Maria. Well, they're both Maria's, the sister-in-law and the, the, um, the sister, two sister-in-laws are, are Maria's, but um, Maria Inez, uh, the 70 year old, who's the younger woman the not younger yeah because her yeah. husband's 90 her husband's 90 yeah so um and he walks around the neighborhood little by little he's like a freaking walking metaphor this guy is you know going slow as heck and you see him it's so funny like he's like all the way down and the next thing you know like I do some errands and I come back and this guy's already walking in front of my house and I saw him like wave you know like this guy just goes so slow he's like the total turtle in the hair story <laughs> You know, like he's just this walking metaphor of like, don't give up in life, keep going. You know, he's shuffling along with this, his cane. I mean, he's so beautiful. Well, his sister would always sweep. And I, the other day, I, I'm driving my son to school because, like I said, I don't want to interact with the trash. So I'm driving when I should be walking. And, you know, I was a teacher and I, and I had my children in college and then I was a teacher and I've never had an opportunity to walk my children to school. So now that I do, um, I don't because I don't wanna interact with the trash. But anyways, the point is I was passing by their house and I saw all this trash accumulated on their block. I mean, in front of their home, which was always you know, immaculate because the other Maria would always sweep. So I went, I cleaned my block. I made my way around the the corner to their house and I cleaned it in front of it. And then, you know, me and Maria, the 70 year old had a conversation about everything too. Um, Cause I reported their tree, you know, and it's just, yeah, like two years ago and it's still, they just threw a bunch of asphalt on it. And she said back in the eighties, they planted the trees and she even told them, please don't plant the tree here. I guess she, I don't know. I don't know why she didn't want a tree, but I guess she was right because that tree that the city planted, the roots went and affected underneath their house. They had to pay the their piping got messed up okay. from the, the the tree with the wrong species of roots. You know, it's those big trees that they have at Hollenbeck. They're beautiful trees. They're they're gorgeous. The root systems are they're beautiful roots, but they're crazy and they're breaking up all the sidewalk and they're invading the people's pipe. They had to pay five thousand dollars. They never kept the receipt. But it's like, that's the kind of shit like that's going on in this neighborhood. And it's yeah. been going on for a long time. Another story, right when I moved here, there were one hour only parking signs in front of my house. 
Monday through Friday, no, excuse me, Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., one hour only parking. That's crazy. 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm on, you know, it's my, I, I bought this house. I moved in in July of 2007. And here I am. I, my daughter, Rosa, she was only like three or four years old. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm supposed to move my car every hour. I didn't realize it. I um, had got a ticket in front of my car. I was actually right in front of my house. I got a ticket right in front of my house. And I looked up. I, was, I didn't even realize there was a sign. And then the sign said that. And I was like, oh, my Lord. You know, like, that's ridiculous. I'm supposed to be moving my car every hour that's on the street. And uh, guess what? It was like that for 30 years. In my neighborhood, you know, people didn't know how to do it. They didn't know how to deal with it. I got it changed within two months. I have the letter. It, it's dated September 27th, uh, 2007. So I got here July 2007. By September, July, August, September, I got it changed. So, you know, but they only did a little section. They did from like a little section of the street. They still left it one hour only the last uh, part of uh, my block here, which I've had neighbors say, can you try to get that changed too? <laughs> but it's because it's mixed between residential and commercial. So yeah. I think <sighs> they get there. You yeah. know, you're, you're, you're not alone though. Like even in Studio City, you know, they had a similar problem like with they had homeless encampments, but there's no place for them to, to dump their trash. So they had a big problem up there. So a conservative group up there uh, got together and then some libertarians went up there who lived in the area because there's quite a few libertarians up in the valley. Uh, and they went and cleaned up the area, but they, they had to get uh, uh, dumpsters and stuff brought in for the homeless to put their trash in because, you know, there just wasn't there wasn't the resources up there for them to even put anything any place. Yeah. You know, so, so, and so that's one of the things we're also advocating for. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have to fight that so you can get those kind of things in your neighborhood and stuff. Mm -hmm. it and that's something that I, I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I just feel like we have to do it all ourselves. But at the same time, that's some bullshit. Yeah, it you know, is. that's some bullshit. Like, where is the freaking money? You know, and they and we passed that the, those that legislation five years ago for the housing. We passed HHH. I voted for that. It was supposed to give, you know, mental health services and for the, you know, the unhoused, for the mentally ill, you know, it, that's what we got. I mean, like, it's not a, un, it's a, yes, they, people don't have housing, but we have a lot of addicts on the street. We have people with severe mental illness, you know, having major episodes in front of everybody. And, you know, we're human beings. We, we see, we become what we see sometimes, like if we're not strong enough, you know, and I'm not saying everyone's going to have mental breakdowns, but I mean, I never saw a mental breakdown growing up. I never seen anybody having that shit. My kids are seeing it. My kids yeah. seen people screaming down the street, you know, tipping over trash cans, going through the trash cans, looking all gross and crazy, you know, like this is their normal atmosphere right here. And it's not okay. And um, I, you know, again, the unhoused need to have, in the meantime, first of all, they should be rounded up and put in a, like, they, they could just, why can't we have like a tent area? Like a big, there's so many desolate parts of California. And I know that sounds like kind of bad, but like put everybody out there, you know, in the meantime, we need more mental health, but you know, that's not in the meantime, but we need to have mental health hospitals, good ones, best practices. We need to have drug rehabs. 
and but we can't have people like just running amok on our streets and but they are here and i don't know about my tent city because people probably have a heart attack about that so in the meantime <laughs> we need to have yeah it gets a little close to ramp people up i don't know <laughs> yeah like they're gonna you know but but in the meantime there needs to be hand washing stations porta potties and trash service and you know what they do the city will throw one porta potty out there but they don't maintain it right I, we, we cleaned a porta potty that was right here on cummings we were we went to go do outreach to the unhoused because we were going to have a cleanup a big cleanup right there and we were going to get all that trash that was on the side of the five freeway off ramp um and there was three or four encampments and we went we brought them some tamales one of the group members brought um i had got a bunch of tamales for the unhoused we had this other nonprofit that's here called in the making they donated care packages that for women hygiene kits for men and women the women's one had um you know feminine hygiene things and some they also donated some bras and underwears so we went talked and i i even wrote a letter we wrote a letter to the unhoused it was like we're fighting for you guys there's also free shower services at the ymcas on thursdays and you know i wish i had more you know uh, services to offer you, but we are fighting for you guys to get you, you know, the help you need, you know, get you off the street. Get, we need you back in society. We want you, we need you guys, you know, like you can't be like this, you know? So we had the letters, we had the tamales, we went talking to everybody and let them know like, Hey, it's two weeks. We're going to have a cleanup here. We're not going to touch your stuff, but you know, if you have things you want to get rid of, you know, get it ready. We could bring, and we gave them bags ahead of time so they could start bagging stuff up. I left brooms and scoopers behind so they could get a little jump start on it. And, um, you know, when we did have the cleanup, uh, no, that's not what I was, oh no, I'm sorry. That's not the story. Um, that, so when we did that outreach, there was a porta potty next to the 7-Eleven across from Hollenbeck Park. And it had clothes with feces in front of the porta potty. Flies were, flies were all swarming around it. There was also a pile of poop on the side of the porta potty. Someone just like had to use it. Like, again, there's this is an encampment area that has under the five freeway, there are about 15 uh, tents right there. Then within Hollenbeck Park, there was like another eight. And then on First Street, there was another two. So, you know, it's about 20 just tents. You know, you're not. Yeah. who knows how many are in each tent so one porta potty is not enough and so i at first i was like oh my god you know there's this the feces and the clothes but you know i i, I thought about it and i was like you know what probably happened someone was in there and someone else is having an accident and they shit themselves and they just took off their clothes and you know left it there so yeah. you know we saw those conditions i took pictures of it we came back home uh, and it was it was eating at me and i was like we need to go clean that shit <laughs> we need to go clean it we need <laughs> to clean it and yeah. um so i got jacob my partner and uh, jose who's been so beast jose has been to every single cleanup he does not have a car he'll walk to the cleanups he'll go hard cleaning on state property state jurisdiction with a bow rake pulling all these clothes all this crap i mean three hours in one space of We've pulled out entire bathroom uh, installment, like a bathtub with a shower, the entire piece. We've pulled that out of behind the freeway. Like it's just right there. And this is a walk path that people walk by every day. Yeah. Um, on, on Whittier Boulevard. 
Okay. And we have a video of all this. It's on YouTube and you guys could check it out. It's called first blocks of Whittier Boulevard. That's our name. And it's on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And we have a website that was donated to us by a kid from this community who is currently at Yale. He's, I think he's probably like 19 years old and he's badass. The website is awesome. Everybody's like, Oh, this is like great. It's easy to navigate. It's clear. It's awesome. And he donated his, donated it to us. And we had this other community member who was donating. She was using her own money to donate to some of the young people that were helping us make brochures and make the flyers and putting effort, you know? And um, we, I, I, I told Martha, Martha, can you give, you know, Abner like a hundred bucks? And so she's like, oh, so she was like, yes, you know? So when one time he came over and she went to hand him the money and he said, no, 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 just donate it back to the group. I, you know, uh, please, I'm not, you know, thank you. I wanted to do this. He wouldn't even take the $100. And he grew up in 8th Street, which is right next to the Estrada Courts. And that area is also very, very, um, you know, Olympic runs. Um, <coughs> it's 8th Street and Olympic are on each side of those, that area, the major streets. Again, no street sweeping. I mean, the conditions are horrific. And there's, there's chunks of curb that are missing all over our streets. My oh, block yeah. had, had 15, 15 five-foot stretches. Okay, five, 15 five-foot stretches missing just on my block. Yeah. Old infrastructure. And you know that, that guy that came out, David uh, Garcia, the investigator from Street Services, who was trying to tell me that it wasn't his job to do this, but he would do me a favor and he gave me those. He gave everybody that write-up. Yeah. And then uh, he, he um, actually, you know, I said, I said, David, I just found out about the law. Do you have the law? And he's like, no, I don't have it, but I have this. And he pulls out this other law uh, sheet and it's called the curb return where the city of Los Angeles put it back onto the property owners for maintaining the curbs <laughs> and sidewalks in front of their properties. <laughs> so he's all, and there, and so we're standing in front of one of my, neighbor's houses and there's literally two chunks of curb right on the parkway in front of his house and so he pointed at my neighbor he's like see this is actually his responsibility I'm like what are you talking about first of all the city planted these trees that unbuckled everything this is yeah. old infrastructure this is you know again old infrastructure 1905 a major street you're going to put it back on the you know, the people. And then he pointed at the neighbor across the street. She has a little cafe called um, La Catrina. And this lady has been, you know, every morning she gets out there, she pulls everything out to make it look cute. And and so the guy said that she was blocking the, the sidewalk, which she's not. And, a, and a, a wheelchair can pass by. She has a small little table, two little chairs. She has this like, little um, grass uh, flower planter that she pulls out makes it look cute and a little sign and he's like oh you know I could go after her like that guy he was trying to like, like intimidate me and like go after make me feel bad that he was gonna go after neighbors that right you know like yeah I'm gonna go after her for that's an obstruction blocking the sidewalk this curb return is actually the responsibility of this property owner and this guy you know did that you know and on top of it I went above his head and I had his bosses walk the block and I had people from street services walk my block because I started going above his head and everybody's head. I was going up the top of the food chain and yeah. they sent 
some people from street services to walk our block. And I was trying to just show them the trashy conditions that these property owners were allowing to fester on our street. And I wanted them to enforce the law, get them cited. Like, okay, so what's the process? You give them the community enhancement letter. Okay, shouldn't you take a picture of the of the trash? So that way, when because it's supposed to be a, a process, then it's a notice of violation. And then after that, it's like a $50 fine. Then it's another $50 fine. And then every year it, it gets restarted again, back at $50. And they don't even enforce it. Yeah. Anyways, you know, I and I had it to cheat. That they tried to intimidate you that way. That's what government. Yeah. Tends. Yeah. And the chief of police said that trash is not an obstruction of the public right of way. When his two lieutenants pointed that out to me and the city prosecutor here at Allenbeck Police Station, Cynthia Gonzalez also sent it to me. It's fifty six. It's Municipal Code fifty six zero eight section C. I can read it to you, and it does say that. And then I got the chief of the police who's, okay, so it's David, his boss was Ron, Ron's boss was Alvin, and Alvin's boss is uh, Gary, Gary um, Harris, chief of the police, chief of the uh, Department of Street Services Enforcement Investigation. Harris, the chief is saying trash is not an obstruction, you know, because you know, you know how like with law, you could manipulate words and everything, yeah. you know, it's, he's like technically trash is not obstructing people from getting by. It's not obstructing anything. So trash is not an obstruction, even though it is the law and it does say trash is an obstruction of the public right of way. And it actually was re-voted on by the city council in 2007, where everybody was trying to reinvigorate this law and reinvigorate these departments to enforce this. And it never happened. Yeah. The, the departments themselves are fucking rogue. And then you go to our representatives to get help. And they're fucking rogue. Everybody's rogue. You know, they're that's just like all gangster right here. Like YOLO, like fuck you guys. You know that one of the things you said, like about how they planted the trees because they wanted to do this. The great uh, libertarian philosopher and writer, economics guy, uh, Ludwig von Mises said, for every problem government tries to solve, they create two mm -hmm. more. Yeah. You know, that's what they did. You know, they, they planted these trees. They thought, oh, this is going to be great. And they fucked up your sidewalk. And now you guys are the ones that have to deal with it. I mean, there's okay. hundreds of sidewalks. They're all yeah. broken up. I mean, yeah. and the city has, they have allocated every year in the budget, like 38 billion or something or million. I'm not sure. It's a huge amount for sidewalk repair throughout the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. But it's like, it's at such a snail's pace. But I want to tell you, so I had them all come and walk the street, Elvin, the guy that's below the chief, Alvin was assistant chief. He walked our streets and then uh, above, above Gary, his boss was Greg Spots. And Greg Spots' secretary who grew up in our neighborhood and this other community relations for the Department of Street Services, they walked our block and they saw all the curbs broken up. And I was just trying to get them to enforce 5608 to hold the property owners accountable. But they saw the curbs and next thing you know, the next day, all of a sudden there's no parking Monday through Saturday, 8 a.m. No, 6 a.m. to to 8 p.m. or 6 p.m. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. They just all of a sudden flooded the the street with these signs, and there was no outreach. Like, hey, we're gonna fix the street. Uh, you know, maybe you know, giving us notice, like maybe a month notice or two week notice, like this is gonna happen. Just all of a sudden, 
these signs were up the very next day, pretty much. And then they started doing construction. They, they fixed my block. They fixed all the broken sidewalks on the block. And there was a pipe too that was sticking out for like so many years that they just then covered with asphalt when I reported it. And then it was like, they did a half-assed job. There was like a three inch hole that was just exposed. And um, they finally fixed that in a good way. And um, the guy who came down, and his name was um, Antoine Lewis. He tells me, well, no, Vita, you know, we got this done for your block. Don't, don't go trying to do anything anywhere else. Just, you know, you, you got this done. You've been a good neighbor for your neighbors. You know, just be happy and, and go in the house. Like, you know, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. He was like, don't try to, you know, we got this done. And yeah. Don't get all uppity, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't keep trying to fix shit around here. And I took, actually, I took the guy who was leading the whole, um, improvement on, on my block i took them to maria to my because they're right around the corner uh-huh. and i was and i even have a video of him and her talking to him i have the video of all of it and they've never fixed her her, her area and they did this in 2019 uh. and her area is still messed up they've never fixed it and i have the 311 request it's still on my phone yeah and then guess what on the 311 app they have an app which I started using because it will save the ones that you your your request. So like yeah. you could see the closed out ones, you could see the ones you submitted before and what they did, and they deleted almost all of mine. I uh, I had probably like fifty or sixty, and right now there's only like seven. And the one that I did for that sidewalk in front of the elementary school is gone. Uh-huh. But I have a screenshot of it, and it's actually in one of my powerpoints. And they responded back to it that, yes, it qualifies to get fixed, but they gave me another phone number and an email to, to reach out to that department to do it. Uh-huh. You know how crazy this is? Oh, it's all, it's like, all. It's you, they're fast. like, go to this department, call this department, call yeah, 311, yeah. do this and that, blah, blah, blah. Like, what the fuck is going on here? LA is so fucking corrupt, Sean. It's bad as hell. It's horrific. It is yeah. horrific. And, and all these department heads, it's like, it, I, and I tell them, I say, you know what? It's not cool. You guys come here, you work in the city of LA and you go back to Burbank, you go back to La Habra, you go back to Downey, to your nice fucking areas. And we're left with this shit. Why the fuck is it like this? Right. Why is it like this? Oh, she's crazy. Oh, this and that. Like the sanitation drivers too. I'm mad at them. We had one sanitation driver help us. Like this guy went, he was an older Mexicano man. And he was freaking working the whole damn time. He would get off the truck. He would shovel everything. He would throw in the bags. He was working with Jose, getting big old bricks of illegally dumb stuff. I mean, hurling it into the truck and then, you know, operating the truck. We've had all these other drivers. They just, they watch us and they, and they all tell us, our boss told us not to help you guys, that you guys will do the work. So at the end of the cleanups, we, we're, we're gathering all this stuff. We're pushing it out into the street. We're bagging it up, put, putting it to the curbs. And then at the end, we're then going and throwing it all into the truck. And the, the, the drivers just operate the truck. They yeah, don't do a, anything. And my hey, boss told, they, the boss told us not to help you guys, that you guys are to do it. And this last time I, I yelled at one of the drivers, you know, I was like, 
because uh, we were setting up, we we're putting up the canopies and the tables and I have the petitions, I have a sign-in sheet, we got the hand sanitizer, we have the gloves, the heavy duty gloves, we have latex gloves. First, they put on latex gloves and it's the heavy duty gloves. We have um, little vests that were donated to us. All this stuff has been donated. Like the community has given us everything. I bought the scoopers initially with a hundred bucks. And then from there, I was putting BYOB, bring your own broom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cute. Um, I thought it was clever right there. Yeah. And um, <laughs> from there, I mean, we've had donations. This lady, the lady who's doing the recall for Kevin DeLeon, her uh -huh. name's Pauline Atkins. She was a Trump supporter. She's anti-immigrant, all this stuff. But she's turned around. I mean, I don't know if she's trying to buy us off or, you know, that's what we, you know, we think she's doing, but she's been very nice to us. And if she's that racist and terrible, why would she give us a thousand dollars of, I mean, I know she wants to get rid of Kevin DeLeon. So, but she literally donated three blowers to us. Good blowers. She donated rakes, good rakes, like heavy duty rakes, three, four heavy duty really good quality push brooms she gave us a um staple gun that you just kind of clock it back with your hand and it just you know boom you, you hit it and it staples boom because i had these other little cheap ones the small ones and oh my god like you're literally breaking your whole freaking hand just to for one staple you know this other one like you just hit it clock she gave us a big freaking blow um like a what's it to um <sighs> Like when you're at a protest and it's like a blowhorn. Yeah, blowhorn. Oh, yeah, she yeah. Gave us like oh. a police blowhorn. I mean, this thing is like a good quality. It's so fucking loud as hell. And then actually, Black yeah, so she just, yeah, she gave us that. She gave us toys for Christmas. She made little, um, she gave a, uh, for Halloween, the Halloween cleanup. It was, well, it was a cleanup right before Halloween. She gave, she made all these like uh, Halloween um, pumpkin you know, like little for the kids, because we got kids cleaning. So she had all this candy, all these like little toys. She, she's just been so generous to us. And I've, you know, I've met her. I try to stay awake because I was like, I, I knew she was like kind of like maybe she's trying to use this or I don't know what, but I mean, she's won me over. I like her. I like her. And I hate Kevin DeLeon. Like he does not fucking listen to us. He doesn't want to meet with us. And I line up with him. I line up with what he's supposedly about. Why does this guy not want to meet with us? You know, so like she's she's she took the recall back, but she's going to do it again. She's going to resubmit it. So, I mean, I'm thinking of putting my name on it. It's kind of tricky because, like, you know, here she's a, a you know, she was a Trump Republican going through, you know, but I don't know. I feel like the single issue coalition, I, as I spoke about, if you can get along with somebody, work on something together, that's the way we keep communities together. You know, we don't have to agree on a lot of things. But if we can agree on shit's not being done around here, our tax money's yeah. being wasted and stuff like that, that's exactly yeah. what should happen. We should have that tolerance. But hey, let me take a little yeah. break, and we'll come back and talk about some of your upcoming events and like some of the some of the business that the, that you guys have helped out and that have helped you guys yes. out. So let's Sounds take a little break. We'll right back. Thank you. All right, everyone. You may have seen on the news recently that the initiative is in full force right now. We're looking for signatures and people to help get signatures and everything else that we could do to help fight against this tyranny of vaccine mandates. If you want to help out, please go to medicalfreedomla.com and join us in the fight against tyranny. 
we're back. So, what what uh, when when is your next event? So our next event is a, a hol- um, Valentine's Day themed, you know, show love for Mother Earth, care for your community. Um, it's going to be the day before Valentine's Day, which is Sunday, February thirteenth, at two thousand twenty-two. It's our third themed Valentine's Day. So we've done this three years in a row now. We started in twenty twenty. We went through Valentine's Day 2021, and now we're, this is Valentine's Day 2022. So this is, um, we actually, our very first cleanup was a February uh, of like a Valentine's Day cleanup. That was actually in collaboration with the uh, WESAR's office and the neighborhood council. But again, from experience, we saw the kind of fakery that whole thing was. So um, right after that, that's when we went gun ho and for sure took off with our organization. But it's going to be on the corner of Whittier Boulevard. It's actually right by my house. It's going to be on the corner of Whittier Boulevard and Boyle at the foot of the Sixth Street Bridge. And um, I, we're going to probably have Aztec dancing this time. Actually, we're going to have some Aztec dancers. They're going to come out. You know, I've, out of the 31 cleanups, we've never had um, any dancers come and support us. So this is going to be really special. And um, we might even get a DJ. I don't know what we're going to do, but we, we have, we've been thinking of some stuff like that. But um, we already had two cases of water donated to us, uh, some chips. Um, we don't have food yet, but we're planning on getting uh, food. We have uh, one local community um, neighbor who, who said he would he would give us food. He would feed us every cleanup. Like So all I have to do is just ask him. His name is... His business is called Hugo's Pizza, and he's doing it in front of his house on Soto, and he makes um, the pizzas outside. He has an outside oven, and he cooks them, and he also makes these, like, um, they're, they're kind of like empanadas, but they're from England. They're from England, and um, he stuffs them sometimes with, like, ham and, and pineapple, or he stuffs them with ground beef, and then there's other ones with strawberries and cream. So he's made those before. He's made shrimp cocktails for uh, the, the people at the cleanup before. So I think we might be gonna give Hugo a call because I I haven't I don't want to use him too much because you know he's he's mom and pop. He's not like yeah. a major corporation and he's like funding it and doing it all himself. So like I've given him money like one time you know we got some donate a donation. So I gave him a hundred bucks. You know um, honestly we've probably collected two thousand dollars in donations in the three years. 2000 it's not much and honestly we need a truck because we've been using my car i mean this cleanup's right down the street so we're not going to even need the truck we're just going to walk everything down um we're, we're that close but um we do need a truck because i just had a baby and i can't be having freaking brooms and stuff you know like i throw we've been putting it in a bag you know we put the a lot of the brooms in a bag and then we put it in the car, but still, you know, the buckets, I have these big buckets that makes it easy to clean. You just kind of, you, you know, you scoop it up and throw it in, you know, these buckets, those big, there's these big, huge buckets. Um, people use them at parties to maybe put uh, sodas and stuff, but I, we put trash bags. We have big 50 gallon trash bags that also people have been constantly donating to us. Um, and that's an easy way to clean. You just kind of scoop, make your, make your way down the street with the broom scooper, boom, boom, boom. And um, yeah, so we have like six or seven of those buckets. We have the blowers, we have the rakes, we have shovels. It's a lot of stuff, you know, it's a lot of stuff. This is reactive. But we need a truck and we need a truck. And honestly, we don't even need to be doing this shit. So yeah. 
how have the local businesses in the areas you cleaned up reacted? They've been really thankful. Yeah, they've been thankful. They've been supportive. And, you know, they've given us water. Some have donated uh, money to us. Um, actually, uh, we just went to a print shop local to tell them, you know, what we're doing. And he's going to donate 20 big poster size. We're going to blow up our posters and we're going to put them in front of the liquor stores and different places around here, you know, promoting the group. And we wanted to make some, you know, for the cleanup, but he said, we asked him how much would these cost, you know, like to get some, you know, cause he said he would donate 20. He's like, oh, I'll do 10 of these and 10 of these. He said they're $48 each. And I'm like, oh my God. So this guy's going to give us 20, $48 posters that could stick. It has a set an adhesive on the back. That's cheap to make. I've, I've made some, you know, they're, they're not cheap to make. Yeah, so, so we had our banner donated to us. We've had shirts with our logo donated to us, Clean Boyle Heights. We've had a hat donated to us. The community, you know, has been taking care of us, you know? It's, yeah. So we've been appreciative. Uh, Raquel Zamora, who ran for CD14 against Kevin DeLeon, she's donated burritos, her family restaurant. They're, they have carnitas. Uh, their business is located on Sasa Chavez. She's donated money. She's donated food. Um you know, we got a $400 donation the other day um, who they wanted to be anonymous. It was a gentleman though, because I could see their names on my side of it. So that uh -huh. was awesome. Like when we put up the website, you know, the website has a link to um, a GoFundMe. We have a GoFundMe, we got the petition, we got the website, everything, you know, like it, we're moving forward. We're moving yeah. forward and we're in, and Jacob, he just spends his day like, um, Go, like messaging all the city council people sharing our website you know just everybody that seems like they're in power connected to who or whatever like we're just flooding everybody's uh instagram and their facebook and we're sharing everything with all of our followers we have about a thousand followers now on instagram and about that much uh too on facebook so we're just sending the flyers for the cleanup we got a lot of responses like we have about 40 or 50 people saying that they're going. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited. We were doing like, man, we were pretty, we were going hard, you know, like we were doing one, one month we did, we did a cleanup every day, every weekend, you know, but then we, and then there was one month we did three, three a month. And, uh, you know, people kind of wanted us to make it like consistent, like, you know, it's going to be the third and second Sunday of the month, you know, so it could be a consistent thing. So everyone could just have it in their head, but I, I kind of just do it based on how I'm feeling, how, it, you know, the time we need, like, honestly, we were kind of like wanting to stop doing the cleanups. And now we just want to focus more on like getting the activism, making maybe a town hall meeting, you know, maybe making a protest, like other ways to, to get this, you know, to get the attention. So because hear you calling giving the city council help because i was uh i was just ahead of you <laughs> oh yeah and i yeah i heard you i've been hearing you and that was the first time we've actually even spoke and honestly i feel like i was too nice like i should have been more you know i don't know i just need to be tougher polite with them because there are some people that go ape shit on well, yeah, I heard the guy before, but it was funny. That guy was funny. I mean, it was terrible, but at the same time, oh yeah, he's like, "Fuck number seven. Let me look at this. And fuck number eight. You know, like we we because Jacob recorded it, so we we heard it. Like initially, it's very traumatizing to hear it, 
but after the frustration of everything you go through it's kind of like yeah you know like but at the same time I feel sorry for them I feel like I, it's hard for me I just I feel like these guys they're not the demons that we've made them out to be but then I feel like they are the demons I'm not sure and Kevin DeLeon doesn't want to be with us so like yeah he is a fucking demon too so yeah. I don't know they are yeah I was, oh, I was, it's I was, horrific and you know when I call in every once in a while I'll throw uh, I'll throw in that you know, they can't make medical decisions for us all. They can't even clean the streets of Boyle Heights. Oh, thank you for saying that. So, yeah, so I, I said, right. you, know, yep. my, you know, I throw it out there that, you know, you guys want to make medical decisions for the whole city. You can't even keep the streets of Boyle Heights clean. So, yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. They want to build another this and we're going to create that. And we're yeah. going um, to, we care about the environment. Problems. Yeah, they're talking about the environment, how like they're gonna get rid of the drilling because we're gonna go green and blah blah blah. I'm like, you you don't even have your own fucking departments that you have control of picking up our trash cans enough. Right. We don't even have street sweeping. What are you fucking talking about? Shut the fuck up. You're trying to do this and that and make all this other shit when you guys can't even do the most basic that any city's um, you know, that's their I can't try to think of the word, but it's just like a, it's the basic, most basic thing is to clean your streets and to keep things nice. Yeah. You know, the conditions are horrific. They're horrific. And it's so what, because we have the homeless crisis and they need to have extra support on the ground. Yeah. It's to be like what, Disneyland. Disneyland has cleaners all, all over the place. Like our whole neighborhood just needs to have people cleaning all around. And they could be giving jobs to the unhoused. I mean, it could be giving jobs to the youth right here. It could be why, I don't understand why it can't be a win-win. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, so what time is your cleanup on the 13th? It's going to be from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And any time you could put in, if you could put in 30 minutes, that's great. You could put in the whole four hours, better. But whatever you could do is appreciated and, and needed and respected and appreci you know, appreciated. So, and you know, but where do people get a, I know you mentioned your website. Uh, you want to give out all that information again one more time before we get off of here? Yeah. So just remember first blocks, plural, of Whittier Boulevard. Boulevard is abbreviated. Uh, org is our website. And then you can find us at first blocks of Whittier Boulevard on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. We have a YouTube channel and we have about six or seven videos showing the community cleaning these, you know, state jurisdiction, city jurisdiction, and everybody's pointing fingers at everybody and, and everybody's making their 70, 80, 90, over $100,000 salaries. And our neighborhood looks like, looks like it does, you know, yeah. and it's, it's ridiculous. And again, we're, we are blocks from Skid Row. We're bearing the brunt of the homeless crisis. We share the district with Skid Row. And we need to have extra you know, support from the federal government, from the other states, from our state. There should be no reason why we don't have a clean city right here. Yes, we could have a homeless crisis, but we could also have showers, porta potties, hand washing stations, and they could all have somebody attending to them and maintaining them. We could have a clean community. It doesn't have to be the disaster it has become. It shouldn't be three point something trillion dollar economy. I mean, our country is the richest country in the world. Entire, you know, different states send us their unhoused. They should not be let off the hook. They should also give some money to help us deal with, you know, we got a lot of people with mental illness. You know, they're throwing their trash around. They're digging through trash. They're hoarding trash. They're kicking over trash cans. They're, you know, they're mentally ill. They're out of control. There was, oh my God, there was a man. 
he was picking up trash. I'd never seen him before. He was an unhoused man. He was picking up trash right across the street from my house, around the gutter, with his bare hands. And I had some stuff people donated to me. I had a blanket that I've been wanting to give, you know, trying to give away to an unhoused person, but they haven't been wanting it. And it's a beautiful blanket. My daughter actually was using it a couple of times. I'm like, this is supposed to be for the, the homeless, Rosa. So I had it in the trunk of my car. Yeah, I had it in the trunk of my car. And um, I see this guy, he's picking up trash. And I said, hey man, you need a, um, a blanket? Would you like a blanket? And he's like, sure, I would like that. And he, so I was like, um, I went back to the car and um, I had a Coke in my hand, a, a glass bottle, the ones from Mexico. And, um, and I was like, I had it in my hand. I was like, hey, would you like this? And actually I had it in my hand when I went and approached him if he wanted the blanket. So I, I asked him if he wanted it. So I gave it to him. And when I went back to get the blanket from my car, um, I told him I didn't have a top for him to open it. Um, but, you know, there's other ways of opening a, a top, yeah. you know, like you, you can use it. Like I know guys, like, they could use a, a car uh, seatbelt, like you could use a spoon, you know, you could go to the oh, liquor God. store that I let you use it. There's a liquor store. This guy, he broke it. <laughs> he like cracked it open on the fucking the curb. <laughs> and then he just watched it all just flow out. Oh, man. And, and that's how fucking sick people are like. You know that guy wanted that. I mean, I don't know. People are just, we got really sick people on our streets. Yeah. Mentally ill. We, you know, people who get schizophrenia, that's no fault of their own. And then there's some of it's induced by drugs, drug use. Schizophrenia can be induced by drug usage. I know I had a boyfriend that that happened to. Uh -huh. So I know firsthand. But, you know, and I gave him the blanket and, and yeah, I don't and then yeah. another positive story, another unhoused man just kind of moved in right to the area where we're going to have the cleanup. And he has like a little cubby house tent going on. And my partner, Jacobo, he went and told him, you know, hey, man, you know, you got to help us, you know, help us keep the neighborhood clean. The guy looked like he had just got his cousin just got out of prison. He was wearing it like his prison clothes. And <laughs> so they were talking and everything. And they was like, yeah, man, we're going to keep it clean. And they cleaned up. They made like six or they packed up uh they cleaned the whole gutter right there it's never been that clean it was been very trashy right there and he's cleaning it he picked up a bunch of bags of trash and i called the guy who's in charge of who brings us a sanitation truck and the main head and i said hey we got some bags we got an unhoused neighbor who's cleaning he gathered up all these bags and they picked it up so you know sometimes things all do work out and you know the other day i you know i i walked the block and it was like actually clean you know it's like those those little things that are you know i mean literally i mean every day that the block would, would would never be clean you know it's a major street and now you know there's days when you know you could look down the street and you don't see one piece of trash and it's like oh my god yes you know yeah. it's like this well, this great victory over there so you know I'm, I'm hoping to still get some libertarians down there but you know this area is not the not full of a lot of libertarians, so I have to get them to come from other places. You know, I, I sometimes I feel like the lone libertarian in this area. So yeah, I'm libertarians down there to help you out. But if at the very least, you can use this as a tool, hopefully to to post around and get people make people aware of uh, what you're doing. Let them hear you speak about the work you're doing and yes. how the council is full of shit. Yeah, you know, I would appreciate if any of the libertarians would help us. You know, 
um, come up with a strategy of what we could do next um, or like, you know, fill out the petition. Um, you know, we, we have to step it up. Um, actually, you should come supposedly. To you should come to some of our in-person meetings and meet some of us sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. So, have a I appreciate beer. It. you know, we got the baby. He's eight months old now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, you know, it, we've been doing this the whole, my whole pregnancy, I was doing this. We did yeah. all the cleanups. I jumped in one of the sanitation trucks when I was seven months pregnant to take <laughs> the driver, to take the driver to the one spot that, you know, we cleaned four spots, four uh, major spots in one cleanup. Oh, and man. one of them was off the 10 freeway that wasn't even close to where we were we set up at because we had people drive their car and that's another thing we got people putting the scoopers the shovels and everything in their cars driving to other locations you know because we're, we're we're doing a real cleanup we're not doing these little fake ass getting a yeah. little bit of a, a 13 gallon city you know house <laughs> trash trash bag you know we're filling up 50 pound we're hitting encampments we're working with the homeless they always help us 90% of the time you know, they don't have to go and be all harsh with them. It could be like, hey, man, we're here to clean. You know, it could work out. Like, and yeah. people want to contribute too. We always have a house. They're sweeping, they're cleaning. They even cry. They're appreciative. They're like, thank you guys for doing this. Like, yeah. we have homeless people thanking us and appreciating us, giving us money. I had a homeless lady tell us she lives under the, the freeway, the 60 and the 5 freeway off ramp the off-ramp merges together. So if, if whether you're on the 60 or the five, you come off the freeway and it ends up being one, um, one um, it goes into one lane and she's off to the left of that. And um, there's, and then the one-on-one freeway entrance is right there and the 10, you know, we got four freeways running through Boyle Heights. So anyway, she's right there. Martha, she donated um, 20 bucks to us. And she, she told me that she would panhandle for, for us. One, one day a week, she would give us everything that we that she got. I was like, oh, my God, Martha, no, it's okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> and not only that, but I remember I told you they donated stuff for the, the homeless, for the unhoused. So I had all this stuff in my car. I went to go take her stuff. It was Christmassy. It was like two days before Christmas. It was all cold, dark. And uh, Martha, I called out to her. She's all, yeah, I'm on Svita, first box of Whittier Boulevard. And I had my son and uh, Valeria, the other little girl I babysit. And I was like, hey, we got some stuff for you. And she comes to the car. She's like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. No, I don't need that. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all like, I even have like these flowers, like little flower thing. She's like, no, no, I'm good. I have something for you. No, no, no. I'll be right back. I'll be back. She goes and she comes back with four brand new Kylie Jenner eyeshadow palettes. And she had gave me a sweater, nice new sweater. And she gave the kids uh, a bunch of cars and she got um, the baby a Monopoly, my son, a, a Monopoly game. Oh man. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, Homeboy Industries, she's connected with Homeboy Industries and I guess they blessed her with all this stuff. Oh. And then, so here she is giving it away to me. Oh, that's nice. And I went to go give her stuff. Yeah, so, you know we're all in this together and it's insanity what's happening on the ground i feel like we need to make our own drug rehabs and our own uh mental health facilities and you know and i'm, I'm about ready to start asking the churches why you know churches should be freaking uh, that's yeah doing at yeah. least the porta potties 
they should be like that's what, what they could do they could be in charge of a porta potty at this encampment means make sure it's getting cleaned make sure it's getting toilet paper make sure it's being serviced you know like that's, I agree that's something that we could do we, we need to do it what the fuck yeah. I mean, we shouldn't yeah. have to do it yeah like we shouldn't have to do it but i mean what's it? we have people shitting places the cvs right here in my neighborhood won't let us use the bathroom yeah. because the homeless use it i'm like you guys are a freaking drugstore i'm with my baby i have to change you know i have to use a bathroom i have my my six-year-old has to use a bathroom i'm in here spending two hundred dollars you can't let me use a bathroom no because of the homeless the homeless can't go anywhere none of the none of the you know with covid right. a lot of the businesses shut down where are people supposed to go to the bathroom it's it's terrible it's ridiculous come yeah. on what the hell and that's why i think something larger is going on like you know we've destabilized countries all around the world and i feel like that's what's happening they're they're destabilizing our country they want us to hate each other they want us to be you know the race war you know black lives matter you know george soros he pumped that up with a lot of money and funding and you know that just pissed everybody off like oh well, all lives matter you know like you're over here black lives matter which you know they do because of everything that's going on but like it's just it's creating this whole like racial war thing that they want us to you know participate in possibly yeah. you know or maybe not you know but i just feel like i can't believe the incompetence of everybody or it could just be we just have a bunch of dumbasses running shit <laughs> that's what it is you know it might not be a big old conspiracy theory it just might be a bunch of dumbasses so yeah the willfully ignorant well again th- uh i want to say thank you vita and thank you to everybody who's helping to clean up the clean up and uh and do the work that our government seems completely incapable of doing yeah in this in the city of los angeles that is um, city of la thank you so much for everything yeah. inviting us and giving me a chance to you know vent because I, I just had like a two-hour counseling session thank you <laughs> I need to thank you sean yeah okay. so see you soon and hopefully we'll see you in one of our libertarian meetings i'll send you the information you come by and talk to some some more of us Sounds good. And thank you for um, keeping up the fight at the city hall and being consistent. You know it. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye.